What's good, man? It's your boy Ryan X. I'm here with my guy Alex Harris, and you are now tuned in to Henny Talks. So get you a glass of some Hennessy, some Ciroc. Some of y'all just drinking on New Amsterdam, and that's cool too. We ain't even mad at you. We ain't even mad at you. But like we said, if you like our podcast, please subscribe. We're on Spotify, Apple Music, all the platforms, really. We're going to be doing this bi-weekly. It's a bi-weekly show. We're talking about all the important topics. If you have any ideas, please just shout at us on Twitter. We'll get back to you as soon as possible. And we really hope y'all continue to tune in. We're not doing any endorsements or advertisements at the moment except for black-owned businesses. Except for black-owned businesses. So if you're a black-owned business, then please contact us because we will do advertisements for black-owned businesses. Uh, We really hope y'all enjoy the show. And we're just going to go ahead and get right to it. Talks. Episode one. How you doing today? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. This is Ryan Sorrell talking. Um, I'm very excited because we just started up a new season. It's me and my guy Alex Harris right here. You know, so in the flesh, present, ready. Um, yeah, excited, excited for episode one. I, I hope y'all get a taste of what we got planned. Um, to open this up, I, I definitely want to talk about. Initially, one, uh, we were kind of talking off mic about therapy and and what that kind of means for uh, as a black man or as a male in general, like being able to recognize that you need something like that and and making that decision stuff for. As a a man myself, a black man, I I figured that it would be best for me going through uh, traumas myself and working through personal issues. I've been going to therapy for... I want to say like five, six months now since uh, I'm not good at math, but it was since like uh, since like September, man. And and honestly, I've seen a lot of progress, a lot of uh, good things come out of it. What about you? Uh, For me, before I even get to me, I was just going to ask you what uh, what would you say? Did like someone tell you that you should go to therapy or kind of how did you and did you feel any type of like stigma when you decided to go? You know, I felt like. It was funny when before I went, uh, I was talking to. I had I've gone before. I had gone before when I was in college because right. the, the college we went to kind of offered like the free sessions available to students. Oh, um, oh. And I had went there, and it was just like a student um, a therapist. Like he was in his master's program and, right. and was learning how to deal with face to face clients and exactly how that was going to work for him and best practices so it was like a very initial process for both of us I had yeah. never gone he had never had a client before yeah. so that was was my first taste of it and, and the reason I went uh, it was no one telling me to go but I was feeling a lot of like uh senior anxiety getting ready to graduate not really knowing where my career was going to go what I had and envisioned for myself yeah. um, as well as like uh, just not re- feeling prepared for the real world. I mean, we've when you graduate in college, you've been in school every year for the past 16 years, you know? So it's like coming out of that and like landing on your own two feet is very nerve-wracking. Yeah. Uh, most recently, it was, it was, to be frank, it was a conversation I had with my, with my partner. Uh, we both decided that we needed to go. It was just too many things going on in our lives to feel like we can handle it ourselves. Yeah. 
um, I was going through a lot of like episodes and and anger issues and like depressive episodes and things that like I I felt like I needed to at least get off my chest from an objective point of view Uh, and it's something that you can't really do like yeah you got your homies or you got your girl you got your your family but no one is going to offer you like an objective point of view everyone loves you like you know the the people around you have immediate love for you so getting that objective point of view I thought would be like the best um, option for me and it's worked out so far yeah what about you yeah for me it's it's actually pretty funny that that we decided to have this as the first topic because the way that we actually decided on it we were trying to figure out what the first topic for this this podcast should be and i was like uh we can come up with some ideas later because i had to go to therapy and he was like yo that should be the first episode idea so that's kind of the fruition of uh, how we came to this this topic but for me personally I started I think December of last or no December two years ago or 2018 and it was because for me not only did I have like some personal issues and like different habits and stuff that I think I wanted to like number one I wanted someone to just help me continually improve my life and uh, one of the big reasons though is because I've been working on a music project for like probably six to eight months I think it was and uh, I literally put like all of my energy into it like music is probably like especially when I'm working on a project it's at least like 90% of like my life maybe even more like when I wake up that's the first thing I think about I go to sleep first thing I think about and I'm always trying to figure out like how can I be progressing my like music career and stuff I've been working on this project and then I got to work one day and my music engineer literally just called me and he's like yo actually he called my supervisor slash manager he like handles a lot of my music stuff and uh he called my manager and was like yo my hard drive literally crashed and i lost i lost everything bro and he didn't want to tell me yet so that's why he called my manager first yeah (laughs) like i can't hit that man directly i just lost everything but the thing is my music manager was also my supervisor at my job so we were like together whenever that happened because he just had it on speakerphone (laughs) 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 oh so i'm sitting right there and i'm just like fuck bro like yo everything i i put into my entire life for like the last six months was literally just destroyed so i was like am i even gonna keep making music what do i even want to do with my life now type shit and basically that was when i was like mother like i need to go to fucking therapy so that was like the initial reason that i went and then from there like once you get into therapy as i'm sure you've experienced it just like kind of helps you reflect more and like on things that you know, you may be doing or things that you have never even thought about before. And like, it kind of just gives you, like you said, like a different perspective on your life and makes you have to think about, you know. You know, it's funny. I, I agree with you. I think uh, there's a, I think it's interesting to hear both, both of us say our different reasons why we decided to take that step and, and seek like a therapist. Yeah. What I think is... What I, the question I propose is, is, is therapy actually therapeutic or is it the open space to speak freely? Like, is it the therapist that actually like helps you um, navigate your thoughts, 
um, and and it's providing some clinical uh, expertise that you couldn't got couldn't have got like anywhere else, or is it just the fact that you have this space and this allotted fifty minutes to speak freely and to let your thoughts out? Yeah, I would say, at least for me, I think it definitely varies depending on the relationship that you have with the therapist, because I think that a good therapist, at least the type of therapist that I need is someone who can just ask the right questions. And so I don't think it necessarily has to be like a specific person. But even if we did have that space, if it wasn't a person that was like prodding me to like think about certain things that I probably wouldn't force myself to think about otherwise or like ask myself questions Mm -hmm. then I would never like have these different thought patterns aside from the ones that I just naturally have okay in my own head so he can like make me he'll be like yo are you like I'm checking in with you on this like how's this going okay and just it's like accountability but it's also like making me reflect on on things yeah Um, I agree I think um my therapist she uh, support black therapists as well. She's a, a black woman. She um, she's really good at like prodding and asking questions for me. But I don't have a, when I'm in therapy at least, and for, from what I can tell, I don't I really have a problem talking. Like I'll talk about something in depth and give as much in detail as honestly as I possibly can. Um, so I think like I think it it may be a mixture, uh, but I do I will say. And not to discredit her at all, I do think that it's more so me being able to let that stuff out. Yeah. It's like where the therapy lies, not so much in uh, her abilities, yeah. you know? Yeah. I do like, I do appreciate the, the time that she's put in with me because she does the same thing, like keep me accountable. She'll like check mm-hmm. back in. We, we talked about this. Like, how did that go? Yeah. You said you were going to work on this. You said you were going to start doing this. How did that work? Yeah. She's the one uh, that got me into meditation. Um, she got me into like self-reflection and like helped me kind of navigate my anger and like why that my anger, my abandonment issues, like all that stuff kind of helped me navigate that stuff and, and kind of not compartmentalize it, but organize it and yeah. like be able to tackle it one by one as opposed yeah. to like letting all this stuff carry in a bag. You know? Yeah. So would you say, I know at least for me, whenever we first brought up this idea of talking about this on here. Whenever you, whenever I told you that I was going to therapy and you were like, oh, that's dope, I'm going to therapy too. I was like, oh, shit, this is probably the first black dude I ever met who is going. I think I might know one other of my friends who goes to therapy, but I was just like, that's dope. Yeah. And I don't have very many friends who just like talk about, at least like black guy friends that I have. They talk about that therapy. They talk openly. about therapy, yeah. Yeah, no, I, um, I, I know that's true. I don't know any guy. I Race aside, I don't know any guy that talks about going to therapy. Besides, besides when we talked about it on the phone the other day. Yeah. Like, other than that, like, I have black women that I know that True. say that they go to therapy. I have um, other, like, uh, uh, women of other ethnicities, other races that say the same thing, that they have therapists. Like, I, I know I have those people in my life, but men... Black men specifically, nah, Man. nah. It's not a, and I wonder if it's uh, I, you know, it's funny when you when you kind of asked me uh, how I felt about it when I when I first initially went and like what kind of took what made me take that step. It it, it, it started to feel as like um, 
I don't, I'm forgetting the word, but like one of those things where you just don't really talk about it. It was supposed to be a secret. Yeah. Like you're not supposed yeah. to bring it up. You're supposed to be like kind of hidden. You're not supposed yeah. to tell nobody where you're going, like type yeah. thing. Um, but I never wanted to do that because I don't think it's that big of a deal. Yeah. I don't think it's that. I don't think it's that deep. Yeah. You know, for you to feel like you got to hide it. Right. I honestly wish a lot of my friends, I've, I've told my close friends all the time, like, yo, you need therapy, bro. Definitely. Like, you should, Definitely, like, man. you should pop in because the ways that we, if you, if you don't go to, in my mind, right, if you yeah. don't go to therapy, you're using something else as therapy. Definitely. For us, it could be uh, drinking, yeah. it could be smoking. It could be fucking other women. Man. It could be um, working out. It yeah. could be playing chess. It could be Man. writing. Like, it could be a lot of different things, but nine times out of ten, or I won't even say nine times out of ten, seven times out of ten, let's yeah. say, it's unhealthy methods. Yeah. You know, so, and I recognize that in my friends, and I, like, openly, if we friends and I should be able to tell you, like, bro, yeah. you need therapy. Now, whether you go or not, Man. that's on you. And a lot of, a lot of niggas, too, Excuse me for using the N-word. I don't know if, we, <laughs> if we're doing that on here or not. But uh, a lot of people, men specifically, uh, might even take that as an insult if you say, like... Because yeah. they don't understand that, like, you, whenever you have gone to therapy and, like, you've gotten a lot of value out of it, yeah. then it's almost like like how people, when, when they love their religion or something like that, they just want to tell other people, like, yo, this thing really helped me. Like, if you go to this, it can help you. And that's kind of the way that I see it as, like, it's not an insult at all. Like, at all. It's, it's like I've gotten a lot of value. I was maybe even, like, nervous to go before I went. I was too, man. And I think that you could actually get a lot of value out of, you know, taking the step to go. So The one thing I, I'll say about, like, anybody thinking about going to therapy is, like, I, I, under, I understand from my perspective why you, someone wouldn't be so open to talking to a stranger initially yeah i understand that yeah. that first initial that first session though is going to be detrimental for me at least in my mind for the rest of your time with that therapist yeah. you have to like start it off as open as possible yeah. like the first couple sessions so that you have ammo you have yeah. stuff to talk about you have things to work on yeah. your if your therapist in that first session doesn't ask you okay what are we here for what are we yeah. what are we looking to work on come with that Man. come with that written down after each one of my sessions with my therapist and during my sessions i write i take notes True. i have like a doc uh on my phone labeled like therapy notes and under each session i write like three or four bullet points that i want to talk about and then notes that i can take away that i'm going to work on for the next week like a, every session because it's not like it yes it's therapeutic to go just let it out but if you're not actively working on it after yeah. the fact it's like a waste of money and time nice. you know like yeah. they i mean it's not a waste of money and time for them because they're getting paid regardless mm -hmm. but for you you're doing it to take actionable steps yeah. like you and that's something i i made clear to my therapist as well it's like i'm I'm not just here to talk like i, I want to work on these things i want to get better as yeah. a person internally and mm -hmm. externally and this is how we plan on doing it so we we talked about like a, a blueprint of how we wanted to work it, like the things that we were gonna do. Um, talk like, and she agreed that like she likes the fact that I take those notes and that I can walk away with it, and I can come, I come to her with like things that may have happened 
that past week or things that were on my mind that I want to like kind of work on for the next couple of weeks. Yeah. And it, it it's been working so far. That's dope. Hey, yours. Uh, you sound super organized. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> I just learned a lot of shit right there. So. No. Yeah. It's uh. It, it helps, man. Is is really. I think. I think. Black men, black women. I think any person of color. Because and as cliche as cliche as it sounds, like because of the climate we live in, I think is necessary, yeah. man. I think Definitely. I think everyone should go find a therapist, and even if you don't, it, try it. You've never gone, yeah. so I, I can hear, I see y'all faces, I see you scrunched up. Like I don't need no damn therapy, <laughs> nah, nigga, you do, like, <laughs> like you do. And even I, th- I think even like if you don't have anything specific at this point in time, like just going preemptively before any problem arises. Like, to me, that's the best point in time to go to therapy is before you're, like, in this crisis situation that you have to get out of. Like, I see that for, like, primarily for people that are in relationships. I think that's just, like, a good thing to do. But even personally, if you're just going to therapy by yourself, like, it's literally just a good life habit and, like, a good way to live uh, your life on a path. But just like a good way to live your life so that like by the time that some like big life issue does hit you, you already have like this very stable foundation and like healthy coping mechanisms and like ways to deal with problems that are actually healthy. And like you have someone who you can talk to about it. And so it kind of just helps you avoid it. So even if you're not even like feeling like you have like some super huge issue that you need to go to therapy for I still would recommend it for people who uh, are maybe on the fence about it or something so. I, I agree I think like man we need to get like a sponsor for some black therapists man, right man. now Thanks. but uh, but I, I I agree I think um, you know what I, I found uh, when, I, when I did talk to a few I was like kind of looking it up uh, I was doing a lot of research on therapists before like how therapy should go and like what you should be reasons to go and like just like general research because i was nervous about it yeah. and when i'm nervous i just try to look up everything i possibly can about something yeah um but i i saw people and i agree with them the sentiment of going to therapy for, going to therapy for a particular reason right yeah. and then once you feel like that reason is resolved now you don't want to go no more yeah that's bad yeah keep going because yeah. like if it's the same thing it's the same thing how like you to use your analogy with religion People go to a religion or they go to God when there's a problem, and then when everything is good, they turn away, and then now they're doing their own thing. And then when something goes away again or awry, like now they're coming back to the religion, like asking for help. It's like if you had stayed here the whole time, you wouldn't need to turn it back around. You wouldn't need to start from ground zero again because you already got the you already got the experience, you got the the path work already laid out, and likely if you stayed along that path, those other problems wouldn't affected you the way that they did. Exactly. You know, so I think like yeah, if you even if you don't have something right now, it's a good a preemptive measure. But even if you do have something right now, you have like an actionable like I'm going to deal with my abandonment issues, and once I figure that out, I'm not gonna go no more. Nah. Yeah. Because you go because once. And you you may even notice it as you go. Is like once you you'll go for one particular problem and you'll yeah. uncover five others yeah, exactly. that you didn't even know that you had. Yeah. And it's like wow, yeah, I do have like an uh, issue with my my family structure. I do yeah. have insecurities about uh, my life goals and career path. Like yeah. I do have these things that I didn't even know yeah. because I had, I didn't have an objective person to kind of let them out to. Yeah, you know what um you mentioned 
couples going as well like do you that was the question i was going to ask you i know we talked about it off mic too like do you think like when when is couples therapy necessary like is is that something that you you would say somebody should do as like uh i know we're not experts but as like uh as somebody who's just dating someone right like you're not married you're not not, y'all not living together per se like would you is that still a good time to go to therapy or is that like okay if we need therapy we should dead this I mean, I think it depends on the stage of the relationship. Like, if if you've been dating for like six months, <laughs> yeah, I think I think it's a little preemptive and yeah. like a little early. Um, but it also just depends on like your expectations and the future, basically, that you see with that specific person. And so, if you see this being like a very long, like if you really want to commit, like, not saying that you know for sure that this is the person that you want to marry, but like if you are actually committed to this like specific person and you want to be able to like get in front of any type of problems or like issues whether it's communication issues or like any types of issues that that happen in relationships if you just want to get in front of them and and, like be able to resolve them and deal with them in better and more healthy ways for whenever they do arise then i would definitely say it's like and so that could be anywhere from like you've been in a relationship for a year yeah. And like you both are just like very big fans of therapy, and like yeah. in that case, I would say that it's like a perfect time. Or even if it's been three years, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. then I think that's that's also a good time. So, yeah. man, I think uh, it's tough, bro. I I honestly. I'm not gonna go to therapy with every shorty. That's just yeah, not, I'm definitely not. I'm not, I'm I'm not, not doing that. that. I'm not doing it. It's like, cause it's, it's, it's like, cause at some point, it's like, I, I don't even care that much. So I'm, I'm good. But I do, I agree. I think like, I think there, there's some relationship, and I think like every person has their own litmus test. Yeah. Like every person is gonna be like, or every relationship is gonna have its own to be like, okay. This this, this may be worth it. Yeah. But, like, I think for me, like, I'm trying to think of uh, in other people's perspective is, like, man, when when would you say, like, all right, well, this is worth it for me to try to go to therapy with this person versus, like, ah, uh, we, we just, that's just not compatible. It's not right. working. Maybe therapy, yeah, therapy is an option, but, like, is, is that worth the money and the time to invest in this relationship? And it yeah. may not be. Um, and a lot of people, I feel like people may not have that foresight and, and knowing that like, okay, this isn't a long-term thing, that this is just lust right now, yeah. or this is like, this is temp- like that puppy love right now, yeah, and yeah. it is not like that long-term admiration that you would have for like a lifelong partner, you know? Yeah. I think, uh, I don't know, it's tough, man. I think, I think couples therapy is definitely necessary. I think people who are definitely planning on getting married should always go to couples therapy, yeah. whether you have uh, the best relationship in the world or the worst i think like if you got the words you shouldn't be getting married but like (laughs) but i think i think any couple that's planning on like tying the knot that's planning on being together like forever or death do us part type shit i think i think for sure you should definitely go to therapy man like that's that's like the most logical thing because if you you know what yeah it's tough like okay would you if you lived if you're planning on getting married with this person uh getting married to your partner even if y'all like live together yeah for like two years three years would you still yeah. think like you need couples therapy i mean i don't i don't think it's ever a need situation i think it's just oh excuse me uh no you're good 
I don't know if it's a uh, a need situation. I think it's like, would it be beneficial or like, do we see this as something that could add value to our relationship? And so like, I think the word, just the word to me, the word need like implies like that without it, that the relationship would not work or like at some point would become unhealthy. Okay. And I don't think that that's the case for all relationships. No. But, okay. I, but I, what I do think is that like, and a good therapist and if it's a very very serious relationship like where you all are very serious about each other like or whoever it is like is very serious about like your partner and like you all's relationship together then I think that therapy just like helps you build a strong foundation so like it helps you communicate better which you know communication is obviously one of the most important keys to a good relationship and so it helps you just like learn more about your own communication styles. And so when I went to couples therapy, like I started to learn ways like that I communicate that I would like my partner might have been telling me something. And just by the way that she's telling me like and just by the way that I'm telling her something, there's just like this gap. Mm-hmm. And like we can never see like we're both trying to say like things to each other and we can't understand what each other is trying to say. And like we need a person like because we're not going to talk about it to other people really outside of our relationship. Yeah. And so just having like Can you can you not understand it because of the way that it's being said? Uh that that could be one situation for a person like okay. for some people maybe some person is talking like disrespectfully or mm-hmm. like uh or even if, if even if it's not disrespectful just like maybe they're trying to explain it in a certain way. And it's just like not clicking, just like Man, you know what I'm saying. I, cause the reason I asked though is because I feel like that's been that is still one of my main issues. It's not mm-hmm. it's not what you said, it's how you said Definitely. it. If Definitely. If you like, you could say you could be trying to like give me constructive criticism or give mm-hmm. like whatever you know. Yeah. But if you say it the wrong way, mm-hmm. oh. Yeah, it's then, no, then, like, then you just turn off. Yeah, That's the whole thing. it's like, like, yeah, I'm not even listening no yeah, more exactly. at this point. Or now my yeah. defenses is up, exactly. and now I'm like, now, now it's whatever. Like, I'm not yeah. really, I'm not really with you now at this point. It's just because Man. of what you said. So it's like. I understand I can understand that's just that communication piece and like being able to communicate that with your partner is like yo I I understand when we're arguing that like it's emotion based it's emotion filled but you still gotta be able to bring it down and communicate something you know what I'm saying because if not bro it's not gonna work I'm gonna have that wall up you gonna be mad I'm gonna dip out like it's just it is what it is but like it's the way you say things, man. Like, yeah. and people and the ones closest to you, your partners, know exactly how to say something man. to rub you the wrong way. And now man. you just like you, yeah. It's it's not good, man. man. It's not good at all. I think I don't know. I think couples therapy is uh, is interesting. I don't know if it's for everybody. Yeah, it's interesting though. It's a it's something to talk about. You know what? Yeah. Um, What's funny is one thing that we talked about, um, that I talked about with my therapist was kind of like, uh, um, like relationships with, uh, with, I know it's kind of cliche to talk about it at this point though, if like we all talk about it a lot, but like, um, relationships with your father as like a, a black male in America where, yeah. you know, a lot of, I think I can name out of like five friends one that has like a present father yeah you know yeah so like is that something you ever talked about with your therapist is that something that ever came up 
Uh, I don't think I have talked about that surprisingly, actually. But now that you mention it, I mean, all of my friends that I grew up with, I could probably say like a small percentage also had fathers present. And I grew up in the suburbs. Mm-hmm. And like even there, like there is still a lot of like of my friends who didn't have present black fathers. And so I, I did have one. And I, I'm like very extremely grateful because not oh, only he's one of the lucky ones, man. Man, <laughs> <laughs> and like he also was like an affectionate father, which I think that that's Oof. also an issue yeah. in, in like the way that a lot of black men have been taught to raise like their sons and stuff. So yeah, it's uh, it's it's weird, man. Like uh, for me, I never, uh, I never really had like a a real relationship with my father so it like it kind of it came up of course like pretty presently when I was speaking with my therapist um but to I feel like to have like just to have a a father present wouldn't have been enough you know like I think like having a a father present is still you still have a lot of people to have quote-unquote daddy issues when even when they had a present father and that could be the lack of affection yeah. that they they weren't getting from that that male figure in their life, you yeah. know, and it, it was funny because I, I saw a, a tweet the other day. Um, it was from some random account, man. This uh, he was responding to uh, a post of a that was showing like this black father, him and his son dancing together. He's spinning his son around. They seasoning uh, ribs together. They having fun. Music playing. Like it's, it looked like a good time. And then this nigga gonna respond like, "This is exactly why some dudes be turning gay. It's cool to show your son how to be a man, but in some ways you gotta hate your pops a little bit. When somebody shows you affection, you start to love them. Your son might see something in you that make him like, man, all it takes is heartbreak and the wrong or the wrong female. And that was just man. like." I'm like, my God, that's the dumbest <laughs> like, I've ever yo, in my life. Bro, somebody responded, <laughs> like, some shorty, she responded, like, this really, like, this really came out of your brain, like, Man, out of your mind, exactly. you really thought of this. And it's like, it was it was just a, you know, I won't, like, I won't, it, it is stupid. I go lie, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, a stupid concept. But do you think, like, do you think that, do you think there's some validity in that? Like that you need to have some kind of like animosity or 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 negative feelings towards your father in order for you to propel as a man or for you to like face adversity? I think that is like the most absurd thing I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> Probably the most absurd thing I've ever heard. I mean, this like this has so many issues with it. Like I can use terms like hypermasculinity and like mm-hmm. toxic men. I don't really want to like do that because those can be like hard concepts for a lot of people to grasp and so just from like a more understandable version of it like you don't turn gay by loving your dad. No. <laughs> that's, that's not how it works. That's not how it works. Sorry <laughs> to tell you all. That's that's not that's not how it works, yeah. man. But a lot of people uh he was getting like retweets and likes and, and people like yeah. Uh, I don't know, man. I I do think, you know, I'll play devil's advocate here. I do think that I, 
you hear time and time again of like those come up stories, those from nothing to something stories yeah. of that person, that woman, that man that did not have a male figure in their life and yeah. they used that to propel themselves into something greater. Yeah. Now that of course that like that's not that's not the only way to get to something great. Yeah. You can be loved and supported into something great, but yeah. that seems it seems to be depending on and that could it may not be the best way to get to something great, but it is a way. Yeah. In my yeah, mind, yeah, yeah. like it, it is like you can. And, but in the long run, you gonna need therapy, nigga. Like you gonna need Definitely. to take a step back, <laughs> and then you are gonna have to talk about like why you used that trauma, that hatred, that that um, that feeling of like being unloved or that void to like propel yourself into something else. Like that's yeah. if at some point you are gonna have to talk about it. But I mean, I I just don't understand like the rationale behind needing to hate your father like i mean if you have a reason to hate your father then, then okay <laughs> like, like if he's a bad person or like he's not raising you correctly then yeah. sure you should hate him maybe I but don't uh, i think i think i think what this what this dude was trying to say is that like the and that may be based on his experience yeah. you know like that and and his mind in order for a man to be to to learn the attributes uh, or the characteristics of what a man is, and so that that he, so before we even get to the rest of that, I think that that's right there where the large issue is because I would be interested in what is this guy who tweeted this? What is his perception of what a what real a real man, man is? is? Yeah, that's true. And it's probably to move back to this concept, very hyper masculine. Very, like, very. So, I mean, this is actually something I was going to bring up because, like, like I said. I had an affectionate father, but in, like, the traditional masculine community of, like, boyhood, you have, like, if you are good at sports, that's, like, a masculine trait, mm -hmm. or if you can pull a woman, that's, like, a masculine trait, mm -hmm. or, like, if you can do certain things, if you can talk shit, like, if you can flame niggas, that's mm -hmm. a masculine, or if you can throw hands, that's a masculine trait, mm -hmm. and so I think that, though, like, there are there are certain things like there are healthy parts of masculinity like i think that protectiveness like that's a more like healthy form of masculinity but like this form of like anger and like hatred and needing to like be violent in order to express masculinity i think is like where it becomes i think that's that's where he has an issue like that maybe he needs to go to therapy to get resolved <laughs> this nigga need therapy i ain't gonna lie this, he definitely need therapy Man. but i think but I, I think from your point and i think that still could be looked at in some person in some people's eyes as like uh uh the negative traits of masculinity like that that needing to feel uh that needing to be uh, that protective or the protector, I mean, like needing to feel wanted or needed in that uh, in that role particularly. And if you don't feel like, let's say you, let's say you're, you're a shorty is uh, you you're heterosexual male. You have a woman who's um, she's like a third degree black belt in Taekwondo. She's yeah. a master at jujitsu. She knows Krav Maga and like. Do you still like if you feel like in those moments you don't need to protect her? Yeah. She's good, yeah. like with or without you, she a killer nigga in some high heels. Like Man. take that shit off, <laughs> slice his throat. Do you like if you have that? Do you now feel because you don't need to protect her now? Do you yeah. feel like less of a man? I'm sure a lot of men would like. For me personally, that's why I use the term masculine versus what it means to be a man because I, there's there's and I think when you connect the two. 
that's where the problem becomes because mm. that's when you have like if she can fight and like that's a masculine trait and there's nothing wrong with a woman having certain masculine traits is that traits. a masculine trait though i feel like it's not i feel like it's just a trait i feel like I it's mean, been I mean, a, it's been yeah, associ- it's been associated with with the male like uh the ideology of what a man is for so long just yeah. because of the hunter-gatherer yeah. like society and how we evolved and then it became the the caretaker or the provider and yeah. like those like the, the protection quote-unquote changed like it went from protecting against nature to like providing money. you yeah. know what i'm saying like now i provide you with the house yeah. money food you know what I'm saying? And then you take care of the kids and clean yeah. the dishes and, and make the food. Yeah. You know? So, like, those... And then it it, it 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 still has the level of, like, physical protection, though, because yeah. now you, you want to protect your girl while you're out. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Or you see some dude step into your girl, and now you feel yeah. like, oh, he's trying my masculinity. Yeah. He's testing me. Yeah. He's trying me. He don't know. He don't think I'm with it, and Man. I'm with it. You know, like, you know... <laughs> And then, so it's like it, it, in those points, I, I I forgot where I was going with it, but I think like those is still in some in some way or form is oh that's what I was saying like it's not like those aren't masculine traits. I think it's just what we associated with what masculinity is for so long. Yeah, I mean I think that's kind of an abstract like mm. uh, like masculinity doesn't have to mean man. Like women can also just like love and affection are typically more feminine like like traits not saying that only women have them or that only women should have them but just by the definition of the word like feminine like love and affection is more of a feminine trait and i think it's okay for men to have feminine traits just like i think it's okay for women to have masculine traits and so just from the uh Especially delicate. So we have the the definition pulled up here, and you want to read it. Feminine, feminine is defined as having qualities or an appearance traditionally associated with women, especially delicacy and prettiness, um, or denoting a gender of nouns and adjectives conventionally regarding as female. So uh, yeah, to the definition of feminine is directed towards women. Right, and the definition of masculine would be directed towards man. But I think I feel like, man, we in twenty twenty at this point. I feel like there needs to be some sort of restructure. Yeah, you know? exactly. That's, like that's I feel like these the feeling of the feeling of like a protectiveness being masculine should be taken out of masculine and just be put as a characteristic in its own yeah. right, and it can be applied to whoever, whenever. Yeah, I mean, but, I, I think I, I agree with you in in terms of nobody should have to like abide specifically by whatever their gender is yeah but i don't think there's anything wrong with saying like protection is a masculine trait to me personally the problem comes when you say a man means being masculine and he should have only masculine masculine traits Mm. like to me when you attach all of those things together like i i think protectiveness being masculine for me is like an okay idea and it's and like a woman can have that masculine trait just like a man can have like the feminine trait of being affectionate or whatever else it is but just whenever all of those things come together and like we're forcing just because you're a man you should only be masculine to and me, have no right. feminine traits yeah, yeah. man yeah. i'm 
I'm a nigga for real, but I love getting flowers. That shit is amazing to me. I love flowers, man. They smell good. I like having them around, but like, like I guess by definition, I would, I would be a a guy. You know, I'm a heterosexual male, but like, I love candles, and I feel like these things are normally socially associated with being feminine. Yeah, but I don't think they are feminine. That's my, that's what I like, and it's not to say that, and it's not being like, uh, me trying to negate anything that's feminine because I don't, I don't, the reason why I'm not negating it is not because like I have a fear of being classified as feminine, but it's just because I don't think like the traits that we associate with masculine and feminine should be associated with masculine and feminine. I just think they... They trade you like what you like. Yeah. I like drinking wine. I like having candles. I like flowers. That yeah. mean I'm not gonna beat your ass. No, <laughs> like, it is what it is. Like yeah. I still like I still like hanging with the guys. I still like going out. I still you know like it. Yeah. It's I don't know. I feel like the the traits. I feel like, I feel like we in 2020, man. Like the the things that we associated with these binary like uh, ideologies should just be kind of wiped yeah. away but that's going to take like uh, all these things were like socially agreed upon their social structures yeah. so it's going to take a, a restructuring of that social ideology to kind of get rid of it but yeah definitely I think I definitely agree with that I think like honestly probably a solid like 80 to 90 percent of like these binary ideas of things that we attach either masculine or feminine to is literally because of marketing <laughs> like oh my god trying to sell products bro like, man it's crazy i mean like even if, if you look at like dove dove like, for men yeah like dove for men or like just because it's blue <laughs> like, it's like in it's a gray blue. bottle exactly nah no this gotta so, be masculine man. <laughs> and like somehow like, even like back in the day like the revolutionary war you know what i'm saying the beginning of american history like niggas was wearing wigs <laughs> like straight up bro. powdered wigs, bro, bro. Like that's, and that's heels. Crazy. They was in heels Man. and tights, and yeah. that back then was literally considered to be masculine. Masculine, like masculine. And the next thing you know, people want to sell products, and so they market these products with like this white guy with a beard riding in a luxury vehicle. <laughs> like, you, know, you know what I'm saying? This it's is like, the ideal of masculine. Exactly. You know what's crazy is that, like, I feel like in in our in our American culture, we we don't deem. I feel like it's gotten maybe maybe uh, in like the social sphere like a little bit better, but I think like we see like bigger women as like masculine, right? Or we see you see bigger women as like non. Uh, they're not too feminine, like they're intimidating. But if you go to if you go to certain tribes or certain countries in Africa, like the bigger the woman the better yeah. like you she has because she she has childbearing hips like yeah. you know that she's gonna she's gonna continue your lineage yeah. she's gonna continue your legacy you don't want a skinny little shorty like you want like a bigger woman someone yeah. who can handle the load you know yeah. like it's, it's just funny how like depending on where you are that that structure that 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 way of thinking definitely changes as far as the masculine feminine like and that, that to me is an, literally another reason why it's like another example or like proof that these ideas are just like don't really exist because if you can go from like one culture to the next and like 
something that is extremely masculine in one culture is like feminine in another culture to me it's like clearly these aren't like it's not real exactly it's not real (laughs) like i think i remember learning uh, a while ago and i could be wrong this is not a fact-based fucking podcast but like i I remember learning a long time ago that native americans had like six or seven different types of genders yeah yeah, i heard about that too you know what i'm saying like so if if, that's crazy these they were light years ahead of where we even are now you know what i'm saying we like what hundreds of years passed but like we they still was ahead of the game man. it's like no nah, like what's the big deal that's exactly. that's bro that's shorty that's man. you know like that's <laughs> that's they like yeah. everybody everybody man. is who they are and it's just a like you decide who you want to be it's i don't know i i don't know i honestly don't know why people care so much man on, on the same topic too it's kind of this is kind of a conflation or like a grouping together of the last two topics that we've talked about and while we're here, I just wanted to bring up what Lil Boosie said about Dwayne Wade's son. Oh, oh, oh. I didn't, I, you got to fill me in, I didn't watch it. Oh, man. it was. We could pull up the video. We could pull up the video. Um, Basically, he was, so I think Dwayne Wade's son is getting a gender change. He's transgender. I think he's getting, um, he's transitioning or something like that. I'm not sure how old he is. Uh, or Boosie Badass. And uh, basically, he was like, "Why would you do that to your son?" That's he was so you got you got to play the video. We got to, <laughs> Hold on, let me see. Hold on, let we, me get uh, past the ads. This mug is crazy though. It really had me heated, bro, because he's trying to tell Dwayne Wade what it means to be a man. But I'm, I'm gonna get back to that. We can. Uh, Hold on, I'm trying to get to the to the video. Oh, oh yeah, here it is, right here. Here we go. tell this man felt like deeply about man. this he was yelling i man. ain't never but you you go first you, yeah, yeah. you I'm give a, your feelings I'm, I'm gonna tell you what when i when i first saw this i was appalled i was like almost disgusted i was like but i mean i have to like take a step back because i also there is a lot of homophobia and transphobia in the black community so he's not alone in thinking the way that he's thinking and you can tell he has a lot of conviction and like he obviously is like trying to speak for Dwayne Wade's son like please don't do this <laughs> so he I'm sure he has good intentions but that is like the most transphobic video I've ever seen in my life as if like Dwayne Wade's son doesn't know what he wants mm-hmm. and also if you try to tell somebody how to be a man 
if I'm to I'm, I'm gonna go back to traditional masculinity here, but in traditionally masculine you know forms, being a man, you shouldn't be speaking on how another man is raising his son. <laughs> like that's, that's rule facts. number one. That's literally that's rule facts. number one. Like don't speak on how another grown ass man is raising his son, bro. Like that's to me. Any if you are a man. Worry about how the fuck you raising your own family. Like, don't be worried about how other niggas is doing their shit. Bro, you know what I'm saying? That, so, goes, that goes back to the point I was making. Like, I don't know why people care so much. Exactly. But exactly. we're talking about it, so it's here, Man. right? I think I think there I think that this this video was transphobic 100 percent I think it it was it was coming from a place of um I think he was he was associating it a lot with his own life and Definitely. how he would do things yep. um, and what he would would deem necessary or right or wrong mm-hmm. um, I think it was interesting that he was saying like if he was gay let him be gay but yeah. like don't let him do this it's like okay if you but so in my mind right it's yeah. like all like gender or sexuality is sexuality. Yeah. If you choose to be like, a, if you say like, oh, it's okay for you to be gay, yeah. but it's not okay for you to feel this way. Exactly. That's like that's kind of backwards. It's like yeah. there's not not to kind of simplify these these feelings, but like two sides of the same coin. It's like you mm-hmm. you feel how you feel. Yeah. So how can you say this is okay, but this is not exactly? You know, yeah. but. To counter that point, maybe to play devil's advocate here, is there a thing that's too young? Is there a, a such thing as like, well, you are not, if you, okay, if you're not even at the age where you can buy a pack of cigarettes, you can yeah. buy some swishes, you can buy liquor, you can't even drive, nigga. Like, yeah. should you be able to make life altering decisions like that? Like, should you be able to do that? You can't go get a tattoo by yourself. Yeah. You can't go get your ears pierced. Like, you can't... There's a lot of things that society says that you are not allowed to do right now. Yeah. So, why are you... Are you... Should you be allowed to make uh, uh, an entire life change like that when you have yet to live life? You know? I, I would say for for me, I think there's two parts. Number one, I'm not a trans person. And so, I just can't even speak at all on, like, what... I'm sure that, that, like, if you know, I'm sure you just know. Like, this is what I want to do in my life for sure. Like, I'm sure Dwayne Wade's son literally just knows, like, at that point in time, he just absolutely knows, like, this is how I feel. This is the type of person or the person or the gender that I want to be. He has that conviction. and but I, but, but since I'm not a transgender person, like, I just don't even feel... Like, I have a place to even, like, be able to say they are or they aren't too young. Like, I would have to refer to, like, that community of people mm-hmm. to talk about their own we experiences. Now, we hear now, I mean, we hear, but I still can't speak on another person's experiences. You no, know I got what I'm you. Saying, so. No, I don't think we. I don't think we have the, the license to be able to say what was wrong or right. But I'm. I'm just thinking, like. Um, I don't know. Like, yeah, I'm 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 a heterosexual male. I've I've not experienced that feeling of um, that I'm I need to change my gender or yeah. like how I how I see myself. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think um, a part of me, like I said, like playing devil's advocate here. A part of me is like wondering, like, is there a su- is there a such thing as as too young? Is there a such thing as inexperienced? Yeah. Um, is there a such thing as like uh, 
false feelings. Think about how you felt like, and from away from gender, think about how you felt when you were twelve. What you wanted to do, who you wanted to be. Yeah. Most twelve-year-olds probably wanted to be like Michael Jordan. Most twelve-year-olds wanted to be um, wanted to be like a firefighter or a superhero, or they wanted to be like uh, Spider-Man. I know it's a superhero, but like, or you wanted to be a race car driver, or you you know you wanted to be like Fifty Cent. Like at twelve years old, and then when you get a little older, your your ideals and and how you see your future kind of changes, and like what you deem worthy or necessary for your life changes a bit. When and that's only what we what twelve years removed at this point, you know, uh, from being twelve. So it's like at what point? What at what point? And this is the question, not like an answer. At what point is the is it too early? At what point is it premature? Yeah, I mean, I honestly no. Don't answer it. Don't answer it. Don't answer it. Don't answer it. I mean, but I think I I think it's a a valid question that you're bringing up, man. I think that maybe at some point we could, you know, bring on somebody onto the show that can't even uh, talk about their experiences because I think this is like a very important topic for us to be discussing and to like raise awareness about it as well. Yeah. So I'll leave y'all with this. Mind your business. <laughs> Man. It don't matter. Exactly. It's not you. But, but, but yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, basically, <laughs> like, at the end of the day, regardless of, of, you know, what's going on with Dwayne Wade's son, I think we can agree, at least you and I can agree, yeah. that I don't think old dude should be speaking on no. what Dwayne Wade is doing. No. So. Like, like you said, yeah. from like a person to person, man to man, like, man. mind your fucking business, bro. Exactly. Like, it don't matter. It's man. not your kid. It's not your life. They life not finna affect your life. You don't gotta support that person or that child. Like, let motherfuckers be happy how they want to be happy. Man. This is a simulation anyway. All <laughs> 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 week. Speaking of simulations, mm-hmm. uh, there was a a new documentary that came out. What that got to do with simulations? All <laughs> week. <laughs> Bro, stop fucking with my transition, <laughs> man. <laughs> But uh, there was a new Netflix doc on uh, who killed. I think it's called Who Killed Malcolm X, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who so. killed Malcolm X? By I really don't. I don't want to mess up bro name. Uh, Abdur Rahman Muhammad. Did I say that right? You know, close enough. Close enough. Yeah. Hey, don't fuck. Don't. You know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't know the nation don't fuck with me. You know? I don't know. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm not enlightened. So, uh, but no, man. Would you? Did you watch it? Did you catch any of it? No, I've only seen the previews and I saw some reviews and stuff on it. So far, I haven't been able to watch the actual. I saw. I only saw a couple episodes, man. I think I'm like three episodes in. Truth be told, oh, I'm probably going probably going to drink when I get home and watch it again True, and watch man. some more. But uh, man, yeah. I think first couple episodes already is just like it's kind of mind-blowing like the fact that this case is so for a high-profiled figure in america and the black community to be murdered in cold blood in front of a crowd and we still don't know who did it I mean, we know who did it. <laughs> yeah, no, no, niggas know, niggas know, niggas know. But it is 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 just funny because, or not funny. It's sad that like, what was it? Three men got locked up. One died in jail, right? So, and then the other two. I know he interviewed the episode I'm on. He like, and I don't know. Spoiler alerts for anybody who uh, may not have seen it yet, but the, I think he interviewed one guy, and he's still holding on to his innocence. Wow. Like I was a part of the nation. 
Um, I, I, I was um, one of the Fruit of Islam, which is their, um, their quote-unquote military, um, their defense um, structure in the, in the organization. So he was a Fruit of Islam, was a part of the nation, and the, if in his words, the nation then come and support his innocence. Like, wow. like they kind of like threw him under the bus. Like here's wow. a bone to the police. Like, yeah, take that one, take that one, and that wow. one. And one of the the dude who got so one of the I think the dude who died was and man again this is not fact based I'm not remembering everything clearly but I think the dude who died in jail was the actual shooter he got caught wow. on the scene wow when he was interviewed or not interviewed on the dock but when he when his statement was taken and they brought uh, they were trying to like help tell him to give up the other two people that they caught that they thought were in associated or in cahoots with him when the murder of Malcolm X yeah. he was vouching for them like these men did not do this let That's them crazy. go they did they had no parts they was not a part of any of this they did not kill Malcolm X I was Man. there I had a gun in my hand you got me they didn't do it Man. they still locked these brothers up for like 20 plus years that sounds like the American government. Yeah. That sounds like... <laughs> yeah. That's crazy, though. What's... What's... Like, what's... And, again, like, it, it's messed up, man. Like, that... Like, this... The organization is supposed to be, like... Uh, I'm, I ain't even gonna speak on it. I don't want no problems. But... I mean, uh, I, I definitely... I could speak on the nation a little bit. You I know can't. what I'm saying? I mean... You, you, you found your ledge? I'm over, <laughs> this my ledge. I'm over here. I mean, I, I definitely... I think that at that point in time... It was clear that Malcolm had deviated oh, from, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, And so I, I think that, to me, it gave the FBI, it, that that split right there, that deviation gave the FBI, like, that's where they could have their opportunity to do what they needed to do and kind of be able to put the blame on someone else. Mm-hmm. So. I agree. I think uh, it was it was it was fairly obvious yeah. that that deviation, and once he deviated, but that's what that's what the conspiracies lie. Yeah. It's like the the he talked about it in the 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 host, excuse me, the documentarian kind of spoke on it in the in the doc as well. Is like how the separation of uh, the honorable Elijah Muhammad and Malcolm X kind of happened, yeah. and like what that would do to the nation. Yeah. Um, the he spoke about the the stage presence. You know, as a leader of any organization, you need to have charisma. Yeah. You need to have a stage presence. You yeah. need to have um, kind of that command of a leader. Yeah. And he was speaking on how that wasn't as apparent in the Honorable Elijah Muhammad as it was in Malcolm, Malcolm X. Yeah. Malcolm X got up and talked. Everybody listening. Man. Everybody eyes on my man. It's like man. he he's speaking with that tenacity, that yeah. that vigor, that yeah. passion that you probably wasn't getting from yeah. the leader. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So like, I think what he spoke on is that, and of course I'm only like three episodes in, so I can't speak too heavily. But like what he was speaking on was the um, how the honorable Elijah Muhammad may have saw Malcolm as a appropriate successor, but not yet. Yeah. But Malcolm was in his own right kind of noticing things around him and yeah. like how the structure of the nation was working and how 
the plight of the black man still wasn't being resolved no mm-hmm. matter which path they were taking whether you go Martin's side or you take the honorable Elijah uh, yeah. Muhammad's side like you still not like the, the plight is still there you know yeah. like we making some strides but we take two steps forward four steps back yeah. you know that, that's not even to bring up the allegations against the honorable Elijah Muhammad man like that's that's something that has to be talked about. I mean, didn't a woman didn't didn't a woman like write? If she like lived in this house, she like wrote a book about like living with him or something like that. And like, uh, yeah, I can't remember. I'm not sure. I it might have been. I know that there were definitely women. I believe within the nation that Elijah Muhammad apparently had something with, and that was like a big part of the issue. And I know that that Malcolm also spoke out against. Uh, I mean, not against, but. During the period of deviation, Malcolm made it apparent that he was no longer, like, believed in the exact same thing that the Honorable Elijah Muhammad did. And so that rift in itself, um, I think, is kind of what caused the increasing amount of distance between him and the nation as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think that's what I was speaking on when I say, like, I think he started to notice a few um, he started like I think when he first came out of prison, like he he was being taught the the nation of Islam when he first got in. Um, he was being taught um, uh, the like the ideologies and like this this new like way of thinking for a black man. Yeah. And I think that's what he absorbed and he took it all in yeah. and was just regurgitating it. Yeah. Right. And so you just regurgitating the information that was being fed to you until yeah. you start to when you get out and you taking in information from other places now. Yeah. This may not, this food right here don't look the same, yeah. you know, because it's like there's other stuff out here, yeah. and I think what what they speak on in the doc is that, and you see it in the movie Malcolm X as well, is like when when Malcolm goes over uh, and takes that pilgrimage yeah. and sees so many people, kind of specifically white people, he said could be my brothers too. Crazy, crazy, crazy. That's like wild, you man. see, you got Asians, you got white people, you got black people, you got like Hispanic, like people of all races, all colors, worshiping this one thing, Man. like on this one accord. You know, that's that's different. I think that that struck a chord with him, and I I feel like that's was that turning point. That was that pivot for him yeah. to kind of like, okay, well maybe this isn't the right, maybe this isn't not the right way, but maybe yeah. this isn't the only way. Yeah, exactly. You know, because I mean, just just like you said, I mean, and I think that's the first step for anyone becoming politically mature becoming like politically educated is to like take in all this information and be able to regurgitate it and i think even being able to regurgitate it in itself after you become more educated about like and aware of of what's happening in the world just being able to regurgitate it in itself i think is empowering Mm -hmm. and so like when he was in prison like the fact he could even like talk back to like whenever he called out the the teacher in one of his prison classes mm-hmm. like being able to do that is like a very empowering like feeling yeah and so but then once you get to a certain level of political education and like maturity political maturity then like you were saying like i think it becomes like you're not only are you regurgitating it but you be able to like start doing critical thinking mm-hmm. and like re-examining the ideas that you've been taught and like formulating your own ideas rather than just saying back like the exact things that but you, were you just heard yeah so. yeah and it's it's it, i think it's a pivotal point for a lot of people like mm-hmm. it, especially when you talk about um uh when you talk about like religion 
yeah. or you talk about uh, political structures or like what you think generally right and wrong is. Man. Like it's being able to, to kind of dictate for yourself like what what I actually think and what I was taught. Yeah. Like being able to differentiate those things or use yeah. those things collectively is going to be pivotal for it, the evolution of any person, man. you know, yeah. like themselves. No, it's cool, man. I think um, I think the doc is definitely something people should check out yeah. for sure, for sure. I just thought it was the what well, the the fucked up thing about it though is like the name of the doc is Who Killed Malcolm X. Yeah. I haven't finished it, but I still feel like they don't tell us who Dang. killed Malcolm. <laughs> like I feel like they still not gonna Dang. say like, oh nope, it was this nigga and this nigga and these people employed him. I they, promise you, they're not gonna do it. They're gonna say if you want to really find <laughs> out, wait till, wait till season two. <laughs> season <laughs> two, stay tuned. Yeah. Find out more. Like boy, get turn your that shit into a cliffhanger ass series, bro. I like. I just know it. I feel like it's just oh, because of the title. It's like, you niggas, you niggas think you slick. Man. I see past it. You're not going to get me, but you got me because I'm going to watch it. Like, it's messed up, man. I think it's I think it's still messed up that, like, yeah, we, we still at this this point where we don't, you know, we, we're losing great leaders like that. Man. And I feel like, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, I feel like that's why, like, black people don't really step up like that no more to, like, lead the race when you got people like Fred Hampton, you got people like yeah. uh, Martin Luther King and Malcolm X who got murdered in cold blood, yeah. whether it be by police directly or um, strategically. Yeah. Like they, they, yeah. you know, I feel like people are like, you know, we still need those leaders. I still, yeah. I just feel like they, they're taking a back seat right now. I think, I mean, I think that there are those types of people but it's not as like centralized as it was like within the power of like one charismatic male figure because back then like the media might there might only be three so you had dr martin luther king jr you had malcolm x and there's obviously like stokely carmichael black Mm -hmm. people black panthers you had other people but in terms of like say in the religious political activism scene like they were very prominent and now i feel like it's just more decentralized in terms of like community organizations like i know community organizations with very very like charismatic speakers and in this case i think it's actually a good thing like now today because now we have more women who are like like actually in those roles of like being those charismatic like leading figures and back then i feel like it was almost at least in the spotlight it was almost exclusively male figures who were doing this. No, there I th- was, I think what so. was, what was, um, man, I'm not I really mean, there, there was a very important was, women, but in terms of the spotlight, I feel like we all, we talk about. What was her name? She was like, she was kind of, uh, like lighter skinned Afro. Who am I talking about? Angela Davis. Yes, there had. we go. Yeah, Angela yeah, for Davis. sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying that there weren't, because there was obviously, all throughout history, I mean, you got Ida B. Wells, you know what I'm saying? You got plenty of, women who actually did very 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 important things but in terms of like the media spotlight Mm -hmm. and who we talk about in posterity like Mm -hmm. i think like we usually talk about the yeah we talk about the males yeah so i think that it's a good thing now and and obviously the government definitely like they even wrote it in j edgar j edgar hoover's files like they had a specific target uh of Fig, like charismatic figures that they wanted to assassinate like they literally wrote that yeah in the fbi files bro fbi so, is fucked up man. man if i got any friends that's joining the fbi i'm just letting you know 
We done. Man. You the feds. It's for real. It's for Man. real. Uh, we, we can't rock no more. Man. Man, we talked about some some serious stuff here. I wonder yeah. what's some, some non-serious stuff we could talk about. Shit. Shit. <laughs> Who's, uh, you got, you got a top, we, we could just close it out with, uh, who, who's your top three in the, in the rap game right now? Oh. None of these niggas. They all, <laughs> they all suck. <laughs> they all suck. Um, man, I don't know. Let me see. Let me pull out my phone. I got it. Man. Um, oh. I will say R.I.P. to the, to that man, Pop Smoke. Man. That that the whole scenario was really really messed up, man. It was crazy because I was like just listening to the day I found I found out the that morning. Like I think he had tweeted like two hours and then uh, two hours before he actually got murdered in yeah. his like L.A. home. Uh, I think it's, it's it's really really sad to see that like. These I'm, this man he had only dropped his second mixtape. You know what I'm saying? Like he was what twenty years old. Twenty years old, man. born in 1999, bro. That's, like that's messed up. Like bro, really, he was at the starting point of his career. Man. Hadn't even like really got there yet. You know what I'm saying? Man. He just got a Travis feature. He was he was man. starting. You know, yeah. it's it's messed up to R.I.P. and condolences to to all his fans and his family. Man, that's man. really really messed up. It was sad to see for yeah. sure. Um, I don't. Brent Fiennes, you been fucking with him? What? Of course, <laughs> nigga. What? Brent Fiennes and what's the name of his group? Sonder. Man. If you haven't heard of Sonder, check out Intro or Into Into Into. The name of the album it came out like three years ago. Now they need to work on. If, yeah, if this ever gets y'all, I don't know how to get to y'all, but if it gets to y'all, y'all need to make a new album. <laughs> That's that that thing messed Man. me up. Uh, let me see who I've been messing with a lot recently. Oh, you know who I will. Say? Um, Russ. Okay. Well, I was not expecting that yeah. one. I was not expecting yeah. that. I've been messing with bro. All right, I'm mu- I might have to. His music is good. Is is good, bro. As sure. I never was. I I don't think I ever like actually didn't like dude. Like I just think, you know how you can like um the uh, the the argument always comes up like being able to separate the music from yeah, the artist. Yeah. You know the art from the artist, like yeah. being able to separate the two. I think at that moment, like I was, I was rocking with his music. I just wasn't rocking with his personality. Definitely, you know what I'm saying. That's like, the reason I didn't listen to. Yeah, the, exactly. Music, I think that's so. the reason why a lot of people didn't yeah. listen to him was because like the way the, he was, it felt like gimmicks. It felt like yeah. antics. It felt like you causing unnecessary attention, and yeah. you should just let the music speak. Man, you know. So uh, like, but I will say the new album, Fire. Damn. What is it called? Shake the Snow Globe. Um, that that's really really good. To be honest with you, bro, I don't really listen to many rappers like that. Like um, Stormzy, I mess with a lot. Right. That's uh, a UK artist. Yeah, Stormzy is a UK artist. I mess I mess with Jay Huss too, who's another UK mm-hmm, artist. Bro. I think he's dropping an album mm-hmm. this year. Um, Baby Keem, die for my bitch. Bro, amazing, <laughs> amazing album, man. Amazing album. If yeah. you won't die for your bitch, you don't need it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no nah, man, I think mainly I've been listening to like R and B really. Word. Like that's I, the same wave I've been on. Too. Yeah, I listen yeah. to 
like uh, Brent Fayez. I listen yeah. to Division. Um, oh, there's this new artist called Child, but it's with right. like four eyes with the eye. Right, fire. Right. He's a fire artist. I really want him to come up with a full length project soon. Sure. But he just got a couple singles out right now. Uh, but he's good. He's really, That's really tough. good. Um, Division, like I said, 070 Shake. True. Yeah, I need to. I need to peep more. Bro, of that, that album, True. nuts. What I'm, I'm, I'm gonna I, have to peep. What's it called? Uh, Modus Vivendi. Where, where? I'm gonna have to check. Man, that. all I you... heard is the yay shit. That's the only project I heard by then. Oh, where her? What she yeah, was on? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So she was on. She was on his uh, yay project. But yeah. her. So this. I think this is her debut album. Nailed it, bro. True. Like from and no features. Yeah, no features really. Uh, oh, the Ebony's? I didn't know she. That's a really old and really good group. But um, so futures, who I've been messing with. Uh, you know who I will say rapper or not future? Oh <laughs> seven oh shit. You know who I will say rapper wise? I don't think gets their enough credit. Oh. Johnny Cinco. I never even listened to him. He's an Atlanta artist. He oh. has been like he's been killing it for a very 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 long time yeah. you want to if you want to get in tune with johnny cinco listen to the project i swear to came out 2018 he used I'm to be he but he he used to be signed to qc i think he got dropped a couple times from them um True. but he's like on his independent thing now but Johnny Cinco, I swear too, in his new project, Hood Drake, came out the end of last year. Uh, some some cold shit from him. I don't really have nothing. That, oh, I fuck with Xavier Omar too. Um, yeah, man, I fuck with. You know, it's weird. I've been um, listening to a lot of uh, overseas artists. So I listen to, even though I don't understand it. I listen to like some French rappers. Um, like I don't even know how to pronounce their name. Like uh, Esprit Noir and Koba Lad. Like fire, fire, fire. Oh, one more part. I'm a bro. I listen to a lot of music, so let me get it out. My last one. My last one. This dude called uh, uh, Marco McKinnis. and he has a project called Immerse. Fire. You like R and B? I'm gonna play it. I'm gonna play it for Ryan when we get off this. But yeah, I'm gonna have to. yeah this nigga's cold. What about That's you? Who you? Who's some of your I favorite? I, I honestly, I don't be listening to that because I make music and so like I just don't really be kind of like how Lil Wayne. He'd be like, I don't be listening to nobody. I still listen to like. He be lying. He I don't lying. know. He seemed, he seemed <laughs> he like he, he seemed like he really like he thought that Twenty One Savage was a group type shit. <laughs> like, like that bro, ass I can't did. believe that. Like he, because what, bro? Uh, who is that? That um, who who runs that podcast? What's his name? Uh, um, I don't even know what podcast that was. I can't remember. Whatever, but well, well, whatever. But he, um, I know he asked him like, "Yo, uh, do you do QC or TDE?" And he was like, "What's that?" Yeah, like, bro, you don't know who QC Man. and TDE are. Like, yeah. I just you are and you inspired majority of the rappers. Man. Like, I just can't believe that you don't. I don't know personally. I just couldn't see it. But I mean, maybe, I'm maybe sure he he definitely knows who like Kendrick. Obviously, he also is, said like, racism didn't exist. So yeah, maybe, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I mean, for me, like, I've been listening to a lot of Nigerian rappers, actually. They got, Swear. They got some dope shit, too. Nice. I'm going to have to, I'm going I'm to pick it up for y'all for the next episode, get my recommendations. But um, yeah, that's that's me. I haven't really been listening to, like, a, a bunch of new music, but I've been, 
more like a R&B wave too, more so than like I can't. I just can't listen to hip hop all the time. No, so. man, it's draining. Yeah, exactly. It's draining. Like man. I just can't hear you rapping on fast beats, yeah. talking about bitches and leaning and, and all like, that. Man. That's so terrible. I shouldn't have said that. I mean, but, it's, but, it's, it's like, obviously like sometimes but, yeah. I do like to listen to. Yeah, that. Like, no, I do. So. Sometimes I like drug talk. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes even I don't take the drugs. Sometimes <laughs> you want to talk about popping the thirty. Like sometimes, but at the same yeah. time, it's like. I, I don't know. A lot of the times, I want like mellow things. Yeah. Like when I'm like on my way to work, I've been listening to that new Tame Impala album. You right. know, like because it's this mellow vibes kind of yeah, get exactly. you in a good headspace. Yeah. Like I don't want to like uh, I don't know all the time. I'll listen to I'll listen to Check by Young Thug when I get paid for Man. show. <laughs> Fuck, I just got to check. Nigga. Like that's what you know. It's like you got to plug in the music for the moment. Exactly. You know? But yeah. Nah, I think uh, this was good, man. Yeah, yeah. So we hope, we, man, we hope y'all gonna tune in to the next episode of uh, this podcast. Uh, this was, you know, we really didn't have very much, you know, besides a little outline here. But we're gonna continue to just talk about all things culture, whether that be music. Whether it be societal type shit as well. Well, we may so, just talk. We may yeah. just have conversations. Like, yeah. of course, like, let us know what you think. This is this is the inception. This is the test run. You know, we 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 still getting our feet wet, but yeah. uh, no, nah, this is good, man. I think we'll be back for sure. Definitely. Cool. Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> Nah, dude, you gotta listen to that to that nigga. Uh, I I never even knew his name. I just found um, you heard of Colors.